0: The Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. And we're also brought to you by our NBA Playoffs Survivor Challenge. We're giving away $250 cash and a $100 gift card. Sign up today exclusively on the SGPN app. Dgens Assemble! Welcome to the Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains podcast. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Andrew, TD King, Rob. And tonight we have a very special guest, Mr. Pete Overzet. Uh, he is a creative lead at The Fantasy Life with Matthew Barry, and he also has his own YouTube channel, at Pete Overzet. He is an absolute best ball stud and influencer. Hello, Andrew, and welcome, Pete. How are we doing, gentlemen?
1: I'm doing good. Glad to uh, glad to be here. I, I know we tried to sync up a few weeks ago, and then the big board filled, and it was like, wait, our, what are we going to have to draft? So I'm glad uh, our friends over at Underdog, you know, have provided us another contest so we could get this back going tonight.
0: Absolutely. I yeah. appreciate you you being here coming on and drafting with us. That was a you know, a bit of a disappointment, but I am very glad that you were a great sport to, you know, to circle back with us and you know, now we have an even more difficult format in the super uh, super flex uh, option here. So, very excited to get into that. Andrew, how are you doing, sir? I know you're having a you're having a pretty good day as a Commanders fan over there. <laughs> it's like Christmas.
2: Yeah, man, what a great day. Commander's finally going to be sold. Looks like the uh, principal's there between Dan Snyder and Josh Harris and Magic Johnson. And there's another billionaire, DC billionaire as well, that's in it. So, uh, you know, on top of all that, obviously, one of my best ball heroes, uh, Pete, is here with us. So, uh, man, it's a great day. I can't wait to get going
0: yeah, very excited to jump in here. I am actually going to peek my head in the door here of this draft because I do want to get started. These, you know, are pretty subjective on time. They can take you know an hour, they can take an hour and a half. It's you know pretty crazy from uh, from one draft to the next. So I'm gonna go ahead and peek my head in there, guys. Just make sure you have a you know kind of finger on the big red button there and be ready right. to go. Hopefully I don't have to waste 10 bucks. You know, it happens. We'll see. What, wait, wait, we'll see I need to know. It.
1: Am I, am I drafting with you guys or am I trying to hop in the same draft as you guys hop in the same hop draft? We've us. got 10 oh, more okay. spots
0: available, 10 more spots right. available. We should be just fine. So jump in there.
1: All right. I am in perfect. I'm in as, awesome. as well. Eight more to
0: Fantastic. go. I know we got uh Gindiana Jones, one of our regulars here in these best ball streets. I know he's going to be up in this draft. Excited mm-hmm. to see what other, you know, friends and family members that we, uh, we have joining, We've got five more spots to start here Uh, before we get into the draft here. Andrew, can you hit one more word from our uh, from our sponsors, from the good folks at uh, Shady Rays?
2: Of course. Yeah, man, this is one of my favorite reads uh, and one of our favorite partnerships, Shady Rays. Uh, I've owned Shady Rays sunglasses for a while now, um, and they're kicking off the new year with a new gear build to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have, have you covered from sun to the slopes with premier polarized shades, customizable snow goggles and much more. If you lose or break a pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. I wear them all the time when I go boating, kayaking, hiking, do a little pickleball as well. So, uh, you know, if I ever crush them, it's not a big deal. I just hit them up and they, you know, they hook me up with a new pair. Uh, But exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN. For fifty percent off of two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses, try for yourself the Shady Rays, rated five stars by over two hundred thousand people.
0: Absolutely love it! Absolutely love it. Shady Rays—it's a weird business plan, but it sounds like it's working. It sounds like very Michael Scott-esque, like the whole refund thing. Like, oh, I lost and broke them. <laughs> like, it feels like something that, like, you know, you have a handful of people kind of coming back to over and over again. Uh, before we get into the draft here, we've got five more spots to uh, to go here. just want to mention our NBA Survivor Challenge. Make sure to check out the NBA Playoffs Survivor Challenge. It's completely free to enter, and the winner gets $250 cash and a $100 SGPN gift card. That's exclusively on the SGPN app. Uh, kind of so, back to some of the best ball conversation. Pete, I wanted to ask you, are you doing any uh, of these other best ball drafts, like hockey or NBA playoffs, anything like that?
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that. I've gotten obsessed with the NBA playoff best ball. I'm at 100 entries in that one. And I I know nothing about NBA. I've certainly learned a lot along the way, but obviously very similar structure to the NFL playoff best ball. And I do think it's like the funnest format on Underdog because it's just this weird puzzle where you're trying to optimize to advance out of round one, but then you also need enough for the Super Bowl and NFL or the NBA final. So I love that format. And then tomorrow, though, I'm having DJ... Mitchell a lot of you guys know him in the Mm. underdog streets he is going to walk me through how to draft a hockey team in the Zamboni on underdog for the playoff hockey contest and I literally know nothing about hockey have never drafted a team so if you want to see a train wreck in DJ trying to (laughs) hold my hand that's going to be tomorrow at 10 a.m on my channel
0: two words Jason Robertson I think he's like winger nine, ADP nineteen. You like those two it's words different. might
1: as well be in Mandarin to me because uh, <laughs> i never heard of
0: that guy. Write down that those Mandarin words, Jason Robert. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so Pete, I want to ask you: uh, How did you get involved with so much shit, man? You're on your own YouTube page, <laughs> ship chasing, splash play, cast fantasy life newsletter, Deposit Kingdom. Uh, you, I subscribe to the PO Box newsletter as well. Um, So you're on so much shit. How do you find time to do it? I know you obviously have a, a new daughter, April, and you just moved. So how the hell do you do your whole day-to-day life?
1: Uh, I mean, the first part to answer that question is just, I I have an improv background and there's this um, adage with improv where it's like, you just say yes to everything. And for a long time, I've said yes to everything and never paired anything back and never said no. So that's how you end up with a bunch of random stuff. But Honestly, I, I I wouldn't do stuff if I didn't love doing it, you know, nothing I do feels like a grind. And that's kind of, you know, what I'm fortunate that I get to pick and collaborate with a ton of different people that I really enjoy. And then yeah, on how do I do it all? I mean, I am obviously fortunate to get to do all of this stuff for a living my my work with fantasy life and underdog. Um, but I have since having a child become much more efficient, I realized how much time I would like dick around. It's like, Oh, I'd have something to do and I'll get on discord or I'll get on Twitter. or I'll do a draft. And now it's like, I have an hour to write this thing. I have two hours to make this video. You know, I have an hour to do this stream. And so I'm at least like way more on top of my shit now, just because I have no choice. It's like, now I need to go be a dad. I can't dick around. I got to get this done.
2: <laughs> yeah. I just heard yesterday you, uh, Leone and crane talking about slow drafts versus fast drafts and how the slow draft you, you can still do shit with your family, but the fast draft, you need to set an hour apart. So uh, yeah, I was, I was curious how you actually managed all that.
1: Yeah. And also I just need to do a quick celebration. I have done, I don't know, eight or nine of these super flex drafts. I've never had a slot earlier than pick six. And you know, all the people in my chat, they're sick of me punting quarterback. They're sick of me (laughs) thumbing my nose. You guys are going to get what you want tonight. Peter is going to take an elite quarterback with one of his first three picks.
0: I love it. I love it yeah pete coming in here at one three i'm at one five and andrew is at one dinky seven out, yeah man I god, i'm always one
2: six one seven or one eight god yeah. can't get away we do, from it
0: we do have some familiar names i know we got team ramrod Gindiana jones up in the draft we've got dkm dilly dilly any other names we should be on the lookout for here andrew
2: yeah there's bffl that's breathing fantasy football literally he's in the chat uh anybody else you recognize pete
1: um i'm trying to see here normally i recognize g- some of I- that this i don't know if mm. i recognize any of these names
0: well you are on the clock so don't miss that pick
1: <laughs> don't worry uh my <laughs> first josh allen share in the Superflex contest not gonna lie feels really good guys i because i've been living in anthony richardson sam howell bryce young land for a heard.
0: long time heard <laughs> that Yeah, we always want to be different, right? You know, I did the same thing my first go around with the Superflex. I was like, "Oh, Justin Jefferson, let's go, let's get it." (laughs) I'm I'm just going to take him. I was able to back him up with Kirk Cousins, but I felt lucky. I felt like you know someone wasn't paying attention to the draft.
1: So what? Uh, and what slots do you guys have here?
2: I'm currently up now at one seven.
0: I'm at Mm. one five. So Pete took josh allen uh, his first share in the superflex format i took joe burrow andrew lamar jackson lamar jackson okay. i
2: have a lot of herbert or else i would have okay. did that i also am very deep on lawrence as well
0: all right pete how are you feeling about lamar jackson these days a little bit better you know feelings with obj now coming to the ravens or is it kind of a still mixed feelings You
1: know what? I actually think, and this is where maybe I'm different. I think the Odell stuff is great for Lamar. I'm just not buying it that Odell is really that relevant for fantasy, especially relative to his ADP right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, people seem so enthusiastic. They were enthusiastic before he even had a team. I'm just not buying it. But I do buy that it's good for Lamar, right? Any additional weapons I think is good for him. I'm just not convinced that Odell is going to sniff our starting lineups more than one to two times
2: this year.
0: I, I can feel that. So, Not so someone that your, I've been high on in this
2: format. What's your take on Bateman then with Odell coming into town? Is Bateman still good at where he's going? Or is, do you think he's going to fall back into ADP?
1: No, I, I like Bateman still. And he, to me represents the last of like a tier that I think has like legit, you know, top 15 wide receiver upside after him and Cortland Sutton go, and you're getting down into the Jacoby Myers and the Elijah Moore's of the world. I'm like, that's a big gap for me. So I've been scooping up a lot of Bateman. I know he's been kind of snake bitten with injuries and people are like, Hey, this offense, who's the quarterback. They don't throw a ton, but his profile, he was so good in college. He still has that draft capital. And when we haven't seen a ton of production from guys I still want to go back to what was their prospect profile where were they drafted and there's no reason he can't be the number one in that offense Um, obviously Mark Andrews but we saw him regress a little bit last year too so I'm still in on Bateman and I find his price very palatable
2: yeah no I I tend to agree Um, I'm gonna be up here in two picks man I can't believe Kelsey's still hanging around there ain't no way he sits there
0: so in the first round we had position players and Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, ouch, BFFL, ouch, uh, and Christian McCaffrey. Followed up by Cooper Cup with the first pick <laughs> of the, or I'm sorry, maybe that was the
2: BFFL oh, with a nice pick over. there of uh Kelsey. Man, this is where I get to the point and like, I- I'm I'm not really a two way guy, so I don't want to take him here. But man, I have like zero exposure.
0: Oh. This is
1: like a nice price for two. I mean, I normally see the 12 hole who took Tyree kill. I've been seeing that drafter double tap to get the ta- uh, stack there. So yeah. price, it's not too bad. And maybe I was, Waddle coming back.
0: I was very surprised to see both teams at 11 and 12 uh, fade QB. That was, that's very interesting. Cause that's a, that's a very powerful uh, position to kind of set the tone for the second round. Oh, I don't feel good about it, but I'm gonna do it anyways. Dan Jones, I don't, I, I don't feel great about it, but I'm gonna do it. I don't have many shares.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with Dan Jones that you can hang your hat on is the rushing ability. You know what he could do with his legs, as opposed yep. to you know old ass Aaron Rodgers and Geno Smith. I don't think it's gonna take off or run a whole lot. So I think that that's probably one of the last guys that's towards the top echelon that that you can at least count on to run a little bit.
0: Friendly stacking opportunities for sure, and just because they don't have any great weapons at receiver, you just have to believe it's going to be the Saquon show, and Mm -hmm. Dan Jones is going to get some opportunity with those legs. Yeah. All right, so I got Joe Burrow, Dan Jones, Andrew has Lamar Jackson, and Tua, and Pete has Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Very, very uh, solid stacking attack there. What are you thinking about here for your third pick, Pete?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, like I didn't, I wasn't gonna be, you know, crying if someone took Diggs just because there are plenty of stack options for Josh mm-hmm. Allen later, but you know, Diggs slides what a pick and a half past ADP. So I'm happy to to make the click there. I do think you really start to feel the advantage for these early drafters here because mm-hmm. not only are you able to get a top three QB. You can get a top three or four wide receiver. And now I'm gonna get, you know, a top three or four running back. I do think that's the direction I'm gonna go. I would love to take Devontae Adams, but I do think with this format where the wide receivers and the running backs, it's more of an equal playing field, um, with only being able to start two running backs and two wide receivers that you I do are like on clock, getting one. Oh, I know. This is oh, come God. on, you trust me. I know. I, yeah, you. It does this every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like both Bijan and Eckler, uh, but I'll take I'll take Eckler here. I do think the second things get solidified, you know, with Eckler's situation, I do expect him to be back with the Chargers. I think he'll immediately vault back up four to five picks. So I like Bijan a ton. But I think Bijan's price, I have a hard time envisioning it getting much more expensive. Like when you really mm-hmm. think through the landscape of where he could go, that would rocket him up. Whereas Eckler, once those concerns are removed, I mean, he's going to be in traditional formats back to like the one five or 1.6. Yeah.
2: No, I, anybody- I love all of that. Is there anybody in these first three rounds that you're just completely off of? Uh, i mean, I guess you can consider it super flex if you want, but just regular best ball drafts that don't, you know, that aren't super flex. Any positional players that you're fading in the first like three or four rounds?
1: yeah i mean I'm, yeah i'm glad you made that caveat because i do i don't like taking the second tier running backs at like the back end of round one or two like i like what the drafter did out of the 12 hole where they went cmc cooper cup because i really do think like how are you going to beat this mahomes hurts allen team the only way you're going to beat me is if you have better running backs and wide receivers in most scenarios so but like in traditional formats i'm looking at these names um you know, I feel like the ADP is like really efficient with the running backs and the wide receivers. Um, I guess, you know, maybe I'm uh lower on some of the running backs. Barkley is a guy I haven't taken a lot and now we get some risk introduced with him potentially threatening a holdout. So maybe I want a little bit more of a discount on Barkley, but man, I look at all these names. I'm like, seems fair to me. That price seems about right. Like, the underdog market <laughs> is just so good at pricing players that it's really hard to be like, this guy's egregiously mispriced in the early rounds.
2: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> I definitely agree with you on the early rounds. The later rounds, I've got a bone to pick about uh, Deontay Johnson. That's I, I just feel that that's too much disrespect. Parked all the way back up to, what is it, wide receiver 40 something? Wide receiver 40, uh, like 36
2: to 35, something like that right now.
0: Well, that's an improvement. That's 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 a market movement there. Cause uh, I believe when I did my last article on him, he was in the 40s, 41 or 42.
1: Yeah, this this drafter, what are your thoughts on Rodgers? I, I like what the team did there. I've been doing the same thing where I'm still assuming Rodgers to the Jets is eventually gonna happen. So I've been stacking him with Wilson, late stacking him with a guy like Conklin or Michael Carter, even. So I've been playing it that way. I don't my only thought like structurally is when I have one of these elite QBs. I would rather wait to get my QB2 and QB3 and basically be like, hey, I already have this stud. Um, I'd rather continue to build out my strength at the other position. So I don't necessarily love tapping it in this context. But in general, I think his price is fine, right? Like he's going, what, 10th and 11th round uh, in other formats. And so I I don't mind that at all.
2: Any shot in your mind that he just completely stonewalls the Jets and does not do anything. He just retires.
1: I just think he's set to make so much money this year that it would be really hard for him not to just show up and collect that paycheck. I think what's more interesting is if this trade doesn't get done, I mean, we're coming up on when he would be needing to show up for the Packers, like offseason mm-hmm. programs and stuff. Like, do the Packers want him there? Like, how awkward is that going to be? It's like everyone is emotionally moved on from Rogers with the Packers, and yet he still literally is under contract with the Packers.
0: Very different scenario, but Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, he not the same level of player, but he had a very similar situation last year in uh, preseason. He was on his own field. He was just working out by himself, off to the side, wasn't involved with the team at all. He was just getting in reps. They're like, "Yeah, we're gonna try and move you, buddy." You know, never happened. (laughs) And then look what what happened to him.
1: It's crazy. Um, This is a. I mean, the running backs have been kind of flying off the board. Here I am glad I took Ramondre to go with Eckler. I was hoping Mm. Metcalf would fall to me. I feel like there's a bit of a tear gap from like Metcalf down to the Debo in Ridley. So I might I might use my Josh Allen cover and just go for a really high upside swing with Kyler here and know that Yeah. And Kyler, he's he's tough, right? Because I think in most scenarios, you're not getting a full season from him. The Cardinals suck. But in the scenarios where he is back, where he does play those games, like he's a massive value in this format. And Allen kind of gives me a little bit of house money to play with. You know, I don't need Murray as my starting quarterback. He's going to be competing with my flex plays in the super flex. So I don't know. It's I just didn't like anything else on the board. I guess I could have taken Calvin Ridley, but I do worry when you are on either side of the board in Superflex of being subjected to a huge quarterback run. And if I come back and then my next available option is like Brock Purdy, then I'm like, shit, I wish I took a quarterback.
0: Yeah, I I feel that. There was a good amount of quarterbacks available there still. So I I like that you went with the highest upside for sure. Mm. Um, Name that you had mentioned in there. already lost it. I was getting caught up in my pick. Oh, Calvin Ridley, who just went off the board. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate that. Very quick tip. Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk ADP discussion. I have them exactly flip-flopped. Last Mm. time, me and Andrew discussed this. Ridley's at 18. Kirk is at 26. I have him exactly flip-flopped. Where do you stand on that? Because I I like the idea of Calvin Ridley, but you kind of see him go, and then you have that nice little buffer of probably like seven to nine picks, I feel like, where you have that opportunity to take Kirk right after.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I like... I like Christian Kirk a lot. I've been like a Christian Kirk truther. Even when he was Mm. on the Cardinals, I was like scooping up in dynasty when everyone had abandoned him. I was like, Cliff is going to unlock him in the air raid offense. And it like never happened. (laughs) So it's hard to get me to say anything bad about Kirk. But what I will say is I feel like we know what Christian Kirk is and what we're going to get from him. And I, I do think maybe last year represented close to his ceiling and not that I don't think he can't do that again, but Ridley we do know has the path to being like a high end 25% plus target share earner. And so I do think there's a little bit more risk for him. And I think that risk applies to Zay Jones and Evan Ingram too. Like if Calvin Ridley Mm -hmm. returns to form, like he's going to be a target hog and that has to come from somewhere. And so I think the ADPs are pretty efficient there, but I have been selecting both. Like when Ridley is there at ADP, when Kirk Mm -hmm. is there, I like both of those guys.
0: I've definitely done some some pure Jags stacks for sure. Just give me the whole team because I'm I'm a big proponent of, of them this year, and uh, we all love Calvin Ridley here at SGPN. We're we're all uh, we're all about Team DGen, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, it was more
0: you, criminal what they did to him than what he actually did, <laughs> in my opinion. Well, for sure.
1: And if you read like his his piece in the Players Tribune was so good, and he was so was. honest and. We can Mm -hmm. all say how, like, yeah, what he did. Did he need to apologize for that? But the fact that he was willing to kind of do that, Mm -hmm. admit his wrongs by the letter of the law, and then talk about, you know, how he played injured a couple years ago, it just got me so fired up to root for Calvin Ridley this year. He he definitely won me over. You know, he was just like any other avatar that we draft in these leagues. And that you know article humanizing him and getting a peek behind the curtain. uh, I'm definitely a Calvin Ridley fan for life now.
0: Oh, absolutely. I was uh, a big fan of his a couple of years back. I traded. It was like Chris Godwin and a first for Calvin Ridley. That's how mm. he and I was on him. I was just yeah. like, screw it. I don't need a future. Just give me Calvin. And then he got hurt and then he got suspended. It was fantastic. Typical <laughs> fantasy football. So,
2: so Pete, so, sell me on Trey Lance here. I'm not a Trey Lance guy, but I know you can't quit him. Uh, I just watched your stream the other night where you you got him again. And like, so, so. Sell the people on Trey Lance, because a lot of talk is that he can't win the job. He's still injured. Kyle Shanahan doesn't really like him. Like, How do we get on board with Trey Lance?
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing for me is I, I hear all of the arguments about the Niners appear out on him. We haven't seen a huge sample size. The sample size we have seen hasn't been that bullish for him. To me, not a lot has changed. Since the offseason, I do think things changed when Brock Purdy emerged last year, right? That was clear. Brock Purdy was playing well. The Niners were committed to him. But Brock Purdy now, and now I'm gonna have to maybe just commit to the bit and draft
0: Trey Lance here. <laughs> do uh, oh, damn. Oh, I either
1: I'm either gonna take one of my two loves. It's either Trey Lance <laughs> or Kyle Pitts. It's just like uh. which, which, which bullshit. I just took Drake London, though. So I don't like taking both London and Pitts together. So I'll take Lance damn. and uh and expand damn. on this. And I think that. Not a lot has changed since, in that I'm not worried about Sam Bradford. What I am worried about is if Brock Purdy is ready to start the season. And everything you read about his surgery with this elbow and stuff, like best case scenario, is he's back like week one or two. And so, to me, how many times have we heard about these injury timelines? I think it's more realistic that Brock Purdy's ready, you know, the first third of the season, maybe the first half. And so, then you're telling me Trey Lance just has to beat out Sam Bradford to be the starting quarterback in a really good offense with a smart coach and probably the best weapons in the league. I almost think that it will be very tough for him to fail from a fantasy standpoint in that environment. And in the same way, Brock Purdy ran away with the job when he snapped off a bunch of wins in a good environment. I think Trey Lance could do that. If you give Trey Lance a six week head start, he's racking up some wins. He's improved a little bit. That's going to be a tough job to take away from him. So I just think if we're getting a nice discount on a guy whose tools have not changed and the environment is still ripe, I'm willing to bet on that at these prices, even if I understand there's some risk there.
2: Yep. Uh, Do you think that people should be taking, if they have the chance, Lance and Purdy, or are are you not optimizing the amount of points that, that you could get with your roster structure at that point? Sorry, say that again. Do do you think that it's a good idea for people to take Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, or is that just not going to optimize your like roster construction uh, points?
1: I normally am like out on that kind of stuff. More so in like best ball mania when you only have 18 slots. I do think in these 20 round, you do have a bit of a luxury. And the other thing about it is I never liked if you're like handcuffing two backs that have like a top eight, eighty, ADP. So take like if you're taking Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, I'm like, I don't know, man. That seems like a lot of draft capital on one position, but Brock Purdy's been basically free. And so if you're getting, you know, Trey Lance in the 12th or 13th round, and then you're getting Brock Purdy as your 18th round pick and like a three quarterback build. Like I don't mind that. I'm not gonna turn my nose up at that because you're not expending like a ton of draft capital and you're getting the starting quarterback in a Shanahan led, very potent 49ers offense. I'm I don't find that to be egregious.
2: Okay.
0: BFL BFFL sniping me uh was egregious. I was okay with you taking Trey Lance because you know I watch all of the Trey Lance shorts and videos that you put out, so it's very on brand. I was okay with it. <laughs> but I was a little upset with my Debo Samuel correlation. I you know I wanted to I wanna bring that back around. To take Kyle Pitts, I'm like, oh, it's fine, it's cool. I'll take I'll take Desmond Ritter in like in a round or two. No, BFFL, Egregious.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we're now at the point here where we're starting to run out of like quarterbacks that we know for a fact are gonna start eight, uh, 17 games. Like right. I I I think Mac Jones is going to be a starter for 17 games, but after him, I think you're 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 making assumptions about basically all of these guys.
2: Yeah. I'm a big Sam How guy obviously, you know, Commander's fan. So, do you yeah. do you think how wins the job?
1: See, I'm with you, man. I like Sam Howell. I really liked what I saw from him last year. I've been stacking him up a ton with Dotson, yes. McLaurin. You know, I I like him. And the fact that he's always here, um, people are starting to get in my head about it a little bit. Karain over on Ship Chasing keeps telling me this is gonna be a Jacoby Brissett situation. Yeah. And I'm just like, It's like unstoppable force versus a movable object where it's like Sam Howell, they have to see what they have in him. They have to give him reps. And yet the commanders and I cover your ears are such an inept franchise (laughs) that I just don't have a ton of faith in them to not screw this up. And so I'm, I'm really confused, but I have, I've been drafting the hell out of Sam Howell in these.
2: Yeah. Does crane think it's a Ron Rivera move to, to put Brissett in,
1: uh, I'm whoever has Daniel Jones. I'm sorry. I'm sniping you on Darren Waller there.
2: Um, I got. Him. What's that, the, uh, Andrew? Uh, yeah. Does Corrine think that it's a Ron Rivera move to put Brissett in? Is that is that where his head's at?
1: Yeah, I think it's yeah. that. You know, Brissett was pretty good last year. Ron Rivera is clearly in self preservation mode. But my yes. thought is this: it, it's like to me, isn't the worst case scenario like a Mariota Ritter situation from last year, where mm. say Brissett mm. wins the job to start, but then eventually it's like. Brissett is not your future. Like you have to find out what you have in Sam Howell. The end goal of all of this is to find a franchise quarterback in the one bit of action we saw from Sam Howell was like really encouraging. So it's just like as a franchise to not take a long look at that would be absolutely egregious. And I'm just hoping that common sense wins out there.
2: Yep. Yeah, no, I we,
0: we hope the same because we have not been drafting or stacking with Jacoby Brissett at all. Mm. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I have have um, no intention. I'm the same way because normally like there are some of those guys, like, yeah, you get you say you have Brandon Ayuk, someone takes Trey Lance, Brock Purdy's always there for you. The thing is, is like you rarely get boxed out to Jacoby Brissett because Sam Howell is always there for you, and I prefer (laughs) Sam Howell to Brissett.
2: Yeah.
0: Andrew, you want to hit on our last word from uh from underdog here before we get into the uh the final half of this draft?
2: Uh, Let's see here. Yeah, so uh, obviously we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is a great place to get down on fantasy and player props all year long. Underdog Fantasy has your favorite NBA, NHL, and MLB daily games. Plus, they're already doing best ball drafts for the 2023 NFL season. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN.
0: Pete, do you have a specific strategy that you like to roll with? Me and Andrew have been very anti-robust RB. I mean, I think we have probably more starting lineups with Samaj P Ryan as our first oh. running back drafted <laughs> yeah. than we do Austin Eckler or uh, even Saquon or CMC. What, what, what are your thoughts like when you're going into a draft? Do you just kind of let the board come to you? Do you have any predeterminations that you're looking to, to complete?
1: I mean, I'm definitely a, a zero RB drafter at, at my core. And I think in like most average draft rooms, I'm probably doing a zero RB build or an anchor mm. RB build, taking one at the top and then waiting. But as, as Andrew and you guys probably know, a lot of my streams are filled with people who also are zero RB people yes. and all of a sudden, sometimes the best values are running backs. And so I'll be forced yeah. to start it, with two running backs. And th- to me, the thing I've learned to, and looking at the data, and I'm actually working on a long form video at this, looking at karain's lineup and also the lineup that won first place in the regular season. And the thing I always come back to is different draft strategies are viable with running backs, but it all comes down to quantity or quality, not both. You know, where zero RB drafters go wrong is sometimes they'll draft way too many wide receivers despite, you know, starting with five or six. And the way running back drafters go wrong is they'll start with two or three and they'll keep drafting them and in round eight and round nine. And so just understanding how you're deploying your capital at the position and thinking of it almost like an auction dollar budget. I have this much money to spend on running backs, $100. And if I take a first round pick, well, that's like 80 of my budget. And then I'm going to, you know, be a little bit thin throughout the draft. And so if you think about it on that sliding scale, I'm almost structurally agnostic
2: I love that. It, it love is that. funny. You have That's the monopoly on sayings. uh, piss boy draft avalanche. Like all these things make your streams what they are. Uh, it's it's fucking hilarious to listen to the stuff that 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 you say. And a lot of it's funny that I watch the comments and people are like, "What the hell is he talking about?" Piss boy draft. And it, until they like finally realize it's so hilarious. So the, like, do you just come up with these things on the fly, or is this stuff that you think about and just write down and like, all right, I'm going to use this moving forward until it's a thing.
1: You know, I. I think, I I think most of the stuff comes up organically, you know, like stuff like that. If you try to force it and you try to make something a thing, it will often not become a thing. So yeah, I, you know, there's been a bunch of fun things. I want to say the pissing yellow came because of on ship chasing over when we drafted on FFPC, tight ends were purple. And our friend Crack Rock used to call that cranking purple. And I think people were joking around being like, well, what's our version? We don't crank purple. We take a bunch of wide receivers. Well, it's yellow. We, we're pissed at yellow uh, is what it. that ended up being. And then it, <laughs> it. it ended up getting immortalized because Sean Siegel, the godfather of 0RB, someone made me a bet that I couldn't get him. It was Sam Sherman, our coast of ADP chasing, made me a bet that I couldn't get Sean Siegel, who's a very like I don't, I don't know how to describe him. He's very professional. He's very on point, doesn't get too loose, that I couldn't get him to say Piss Boys on a stream. And so at the end of a draft a couple summers ago, I basically coaxed him into saying, I guess we're finally Piss Boys. And uh, <laughs> then it kind of just became a, its own thing.
2: Uh, it's, yeah, That's it's, awesome. It, it's just hilarious. And, and like obviously all the clips you guys do like Skymore, Visca, you know, that shit is just it's it's entertaining. Um, And I love when you guys have a Ben Gretch on he always seems like he wants you to roll the clip no matter what it is. It's a, <laughs> it's a great time.
1: You know, the problem is, is we haven't seemed to land on a good player with the clips. I have like 15 clips in the stream yard hopper and I go through the names. I'm like, you're a bust. You're a colossal disappointment. <laughs> um, JJ Taylor. I don't even know if you're in the league anymore. So one of these days we will hit on an actual good player with a clip.
2: I mean, Skymore's yet to be determined, right? I think that that's that that's one that, that that you have in in the wind here.
1: Yeah, I would I would hope so. I mean, Leone was starting to give us a little pushback. He thinks it's kind of crazy that the market is still taking Sky Moore ahead of a guy like MBS. But even just aside from like the ship chasing Mush, when you pull back and you just if you just historically make bets on second year wide receivers who just showed anything, In year one, and I think the anything for Sky Moore is that he still plays with the best quarterback of all time. That's his anything. Um, You can talk yourself into it. But if someone wanted to tell me, hey, Alec Pierce is a way better cost adjusted bet um, as a second year potential breakout, like I'm not going to push back on that.
2: Right. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with that as well. Um, speaking of Leone, I started reading his uh, best ball manifesto. Great content, man. That is like something that, and, and I know he mentioned it yesterday on the stream. That it's it's a pretty long read, which it is, but there's a lot of good content in there. Um, is that something that that you were a interested in? Like, like, did he ask you for your thoughts on it, or, or any of that, or did he just run with it and just start typing and, and now created this manifesto?
1: Oh no, Leone Leone does not need me to do any of his data <laughs> research. Although it is flattering that because I remember last year when I was working on my week seventeen video with Michael Dubner, and you know, I I thought we showed some pretty compelling evidence, but Leonie was definitely skeptical. He was more so on team like, look, just get as many teams as you can into the playoffs. Let chaos take control. So it was kind of cool and validating to see that his research from last year really backed up that you need to be game stacking um, in week 17 to really realize your EV in these contests. So that was validating. But no, Leonie is an absolute data whiz and the way he's able to kind of slice and dice that from all of those different perspectives and give us some really actionable takeaways and even some thought provoking ones, even down to, you know, the barbell strategy where everyone's like, you either want to draft early or late and his data like shows the opposite. It's like, well, last year drafting in the middle of the summer was actually optimal as far as getting ADP value and making sure your players stayed healthy. So yes, if anyone's watching this stream plays best ball, it's a free article upon established the run. He still has two more uh, pieces to go. It's, I can't recommend it. It's, it's definitely going to be the best piece of best ball content release this summer
2: yeah it says here uh, so so far part one and two is stacking and adp value part three is roster construction which comes out tomorrow and then part four uh grading drafts that is the uh, 17th of april so pretty excited Yeah, I'm super stoked on that.
1: Uh, I did just get stiped by a couple of picks here. I was like, oh, man, I would like to stack up Josh Allen with Dawson Knox. He goes, I was like, I'd like to add Eli Mitchell to the San Francisco bet. He goes, and now I'm staring at uh, Sky Moore, which uh, I don't know if I want
2: to do that.
0: Topical pick. Topical pick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Um, Let's see. Yeah, I'm pretty balanced structurally. Three quarterbacks, three running backs, four wide receivers, one tight end. Um, I hate this. Um, fine. Really Let's just it. lean into the bets. Should- you know, I talked about Bateman. <laughs> I took him, I just took Sky Moore just for the bet. I
2: love uh, it. <laughs> What's your take on, on Chig here? Um, I, I'm like, I am a believer that he can take a big next step. Um, but I've read conflicting information about what people think he will do next year. Do you think he can thrive in this offense and take a leap as a second year player?
1: I like Chig. He's a guy I want to be betting on. I do think it's a little interesting that the market has kind of decided that he's almost the the best bet of some of these second-year breakout tight ends. Like, I, I was more impressed with Dolchich. Um, and this, I love, you You guys have an uncanny way of getting me to talk about players that I'm going to end up drafting. Um, I guess <laughs> I'll just it, take Chig it. here, keep talking about him. Uh, but I was just going to say that, like, to me, like, Dolchich is a far better bet in year two than Chig, just when you factor in the quarterback uncertainty and how much Tennessee runs, But yeah, like just in general, these second year tight ends and rookie tight ends, I think make it very viable to do a lot of three tight end builds because there's so many of these guys who I can tell myself a story that they'll be relevant down the stretch in 2023
2: do you think there's you brought up Dolchich. uh is there any way Albert O beats him out because last year we saw Albert O has he has the 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 skill of you know a a lot of good tight ends but obviously the coaching staff kind of fell out of favor with him with the new coaching staff coming in do you think Albert O is in play at all
1: I do I mean I think it's more Albert O's in play than I think it's maybe going to come at the expense of Greg Dolchich cratering like you know, all the stuff we've looked at from like yards per route run. I know JJ Zacharyson had spun up a tight end model and Greg Dolchich scored ex- incredibly well in that. I, I do understand where you're coming from because so much of the Dolchett's thing was the Nathaniel Hackett infatuation with him. And it's like, well, what if that's gone? Cause Hackett's not there. So I get that, but I do just think Dolchich is good and he's going to earn targets. So I'm a little less weary of that. And I do think there's room for, right, both Dolchich and Akui Boonham to be kind of relevant in that offense. So mm-hmm. Akui Boonham's free. I have no problem tacking him on to uh, to stacks with Russell Wilson. That's really the only place I've been taking him, though.
0: Mm-hmm. He's definitely going to get a bump. I mean, with how often <clears throat> Sean Payton's offense is going to run the ball, I have to believe that Albert O has a little bit of room on the on the run blocking and pass blocking over Greg Dolchich. Greg Dolchich can set the edge uh, to a degree, but man, Okubanom's size and his his athleticism and his width, you know, that really helps the the run game. So I think he's definitely going to get uh, snaps for sure. I mean, we saw plenty of games where he wasn't even dressing. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. I mean, last year's Broncos year, you you almost have to throw it out. It's kind of how I thought about the Urban Meyer year with the Jags, where it's like, can Mm -hmm. we really learn anything from this? I mean, Nathaniel Hackett was such a train wreck. Russell Wilson was such a train wreck. Obviously, there's continuity with Russell still being there. But I almost want to just throw out last year and kind of, you know, reset with this team and now see what can they do with a competent head coach.
0: Are you a Broncos fan, Pete?
1: I grew up in Denver. And so mm-hmm. I grew up a hardcore Broncos fan. So, you know, when we won the Super Bowl with Elway back to back in 97 and 98, mm-hmm. the tri- Terrell Davis, mile high salute, Rod Smith, Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, his dad, Ed McCaffrey, all of those teams um, mm-hmm. were very near and dear to my heart, but then fantasy ruined me. Um, and I stopped caring about laundry. And now I only care about my exposures and structural draft strategies.
0: That's fair. That's fair. I'm a Bears fan, so that's been my way my, since my whole life, really. You know, I was born in '89, so, you know, you, you grew up with your entire family talking about the 85 Bears like it's the bible, <laughs> you know. And then you just like and then you turn on the TV and you're just like, this this is our bible.
1: Hey, I mean, you know, it's been a long dark road for the Bears fans uh these past few years, but I mean, if there's one team that could just break out and explode in a major way this year, I mean, the Bears have to be like the top candidate to do yeah. so. So I don't know. I feel like you're entering a, a fun stretch here as a fan.
0: I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. I saw Mark Sanchez giving some real love to Justin Fields, uh, some type of test that they offer to all pro athletes about like how quickly they can um, go through reps and really learn something and call back to it. Meaning essentially that how fast it takes you to learn a, a skill or an asset in the game and players like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, like they have good scores. Like over hundred is like really good, like 105, 108 for players like that. Justin Fields scored 130. Hmm. Yeah. So people that are worried about the deep ball, the kid's trying to figure it out. Don't worry about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I just think you can't undersell enough, like what DJ Moore is going to do for that offense. Um, Cause they already had some explosive pieces last year. We saw Mooney and Komet make big plays. And now you get like a true number one threat. In there, I think even getting rid of David Montgomery is a bit of addition by subtraction. If we get to see more Khalil Herbert or they draft mm-hmm. someone exciting there. So right. yeah, I'm, I'm in on the Bears, man. I think they're a super, super fun team to stack up in fantasy.
0: Yeah, if, if they don't attack Bijan at nine, I mean, that's my prayer, of course. Uh, yeah. If they don't, then I would hope that they back it up with, you know, like a... You know, a, a, a skill set guy, like a speed guy or like a blocking guy, like blocking like Roshon Johnson or a Devon, a maybe if they wanted to go speed oriented, you mm. know. somebody that just can do something like they can get on the field and they'll just have a role and they'll have a purpose.
1: I wonder if they do go a little bit more like bigger body back, just knowing that they like Khalil Herbert kind of in that mm-hmm. change of pace, pass catching role. Like I just selected Roshon Johnson, who I know can pass protect a bit himself, mm-hmm. but like a bigger back that they feel better about at the goal line. I could see them doing that um right. as kind of like a complimentary piece.
2: Uh, man, we get to the point of the board here where I'm like ah, there's I I like, so I, many ways like, like the, I can back end of the draft. It's, I it's, I don't, it's not maybe. a bad thing. I just there's so many ways I can like take this team and I'm ah, I always hate deciding what to do here.
0: Cause I'll just start creating reasons to draft people like just like like oh Carson Wentz. Yeah he'll get on a team twentieth round. Screw it. I only have one I only have one quarterback. Not in this format. Don't do that here. Don't don't do that in Superflex. Hmm. Maybe when we get the single QB back, uh, he'll be on a team. Who knows?
2: <laughs> oh, it's like Alex Pierce. Um, so, Pete, I want to, to ask you. So so last year, um, myself and I know Gindiana Jones, who's Team Ramrod in the draft here, uh, we comp- we uh, did the Best Ball Cardio Club. Is that oh, coming nice. back? Yeah, is it coming back? I do have my tank. I didn't want to wear it because I like, do you really wear the band's t-shirt when you go somewhere? Like, like, <laughs> like, like you don't do that to the concert. So I, I was going to wear it, but I didn't have it. So uh, is, is that going to be a thing again? Like, what's the plan with that? Yeah, for sure. It's funny you say that I was wearing my underdog cardio
1: club tank uh, earlier today because I was doing some yard work. <laughs> and it's like ridiculously hot here. And I had the thought to myself, I'm like, Oh, man, we're almost to tank top on stream weather. You're uh, getting the summer. <laughs> nice. But yes, um, uh i was actually talking with uh redmond the other day underdog cardio club is coming back it's going to be bigger this year and i think there's even going to be some maybe like community challenge elements to it you know last year we were getting it off the ground this year you know it might be you know the deposit kingdom or the sgpn you know underdog cardio club who can get the most underdog cardio club drafts there's going to be uh new merch rewards all kinds of that uh stuff so details to come but yes Underdog
2: Cardio Club is back and it will be uh, even bigger and better this year. Oh, that's so exciting, man! It was so much fun, and it's a great way to get people exercising. You know, a lot of I'm assuming a lot of us are sitting down on our couch drafting, like not doing a whole (laughs) lot. So it's it's a great way to draft and you know also stay healthy in the meantime. Uh, So I I thought that that was a great idea by you guys last year, and it it took off. I mean, I I saw a lot of people posting all the time over Twitter. You know, look what I just drafted while doing cardio. So like that was a great initiative by you guys.
1: Well, and it's part of why, you know, we were joking about the slow draft stuff on, on ship chasing last night. It is really, you know, we all love to draft, but if you can stack it and, you know, combine it with either a positive activity or being able to multitask and do something else at the same time, I think that's a big win. So, I mean, just being on, you know, I don't, what was, what was your cardio machine of choice? Were you a Stairmaster or what were you doing?
2: So I have a bike from Peloton. So I was normally doing that, uh, but I would also get out and uh, we have like a lake near our house, so I can walk around the lake. Um, and I have an app that'll track me, like how how far I walk and stuff like that. But I mean, mainly it was on the Peloton.
1: Yeah, I mean, because some stuff like Stairmaster for me was the easiest because I'd set it right there. You're kind of going easy swipes. I have attempted rowing machine. Uh, cardio club where I got like a little holder for my phone, but like <laughs> okay. rowing and okay. trying to swipe was just like real uh, hard. But, but yeah, I do. I do love the idea of being able to get, uh, exercise while knocking out a draft.
2: Yeah. Justin, we're we'll off to do that. Uh, so we're all pumped up for the fantasy expo. That's
0: right. <laughs> That's right. Apparently you I think and I I'm are going to go
1: the- to that this year. I, I haven't been in previous years. Hasn't yes. worked out with my schedule, but I believe I'm going to uh, to try to swing that this year. It seems like a great time.
0: It is a fantastic time. We are hosting the Friday night party SGPN. So Ooh. definitely, definitely get there. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Nice. What uh, what what's the uh, any any details on the party? What's uh, what's going on?
0: No, just that we got it. We're we're, <laughs> we're the. Uh, we're the headliner there. That's all that I got so far.
1: So you said you're doing like 60 minutes of stand-up comedy as the headliner?
0: <laughs> not, not me. We might ask uh, you to get up there. Our boss, uh, <laughs> our boss Sean is a is a comedian. Uh, they they had like a, a comedy club in their garage. He uh, he has his own thing. I think uh, uh, another guy, he, Colby, he worked on that ridiculousness
2: as well. Um, I know he wrote for Rob Deerdeck as well. So I, I think he wrote a lot. Oh, of that's jokes. tight.
0: Yeah. This is the reason I bought a Peloton. Is that your wife, Andrew? <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> with the last name of Miller. I don't know. I don't know. Different last name. The old
0: YouTube handle. <laughs> I don't know. No,
2: no, no, no. No. I I know Stephanie. Uh she I, I believe she goes to fans football expo and I know she does uh best ball draft. She's all over Twitter as well. So um I did see tomorrow night, Pete. I think you're doing uh best ball after dark with Hope. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
1: I've, um, I've been doing those for YouTube members. So I I definitely appreciate the people who are uh, members, either to ship chasing or my channel, which is basically just like the Patreon version of, of YouTube. So I like to do some, um, exclusive member content. So I've done some fun shows, did one with Chess Liam a couple of weeks ago, Leone last week and hope who it sounds like you guys know, um, Mm -hmm. super sharp lady in the best ball streets also has been streaming a lot. And so, yeah, I'm excited to get her, get to know hope a little bit more and, uh, and draft with her tomorrow night.
2: I, I gotta ask. You mentioned the other day on a stream that you're working with somebody on thumbnails. Is it Hope? Because I know you're infatuated with her <laughs> thumbnails.
1: <laughs> you know what? I don't. I don't know if I could afford Hope. Uh, no, it's <laughs> it's not Hope. But you know, yeah, someone had reached out to me because for years I've made my own thumbnails, and it's not even that I mind doing it, but i I make like six to seven a week, and it started to add up. One, I'm not good at it. I'm like average, and two, it takes me a ton of time. And I was like, I just need to sack up pay someone to make these and take this off my plate. So um, but hope if you do uh, want to make thumbnails and you have an affordable rate, uh, I'm (laughs) definitely down.
2: Yeah. She has some great streams. I, I love hopping in the drafts. It's it's funny. Like when I try to draft when you're doing like best ball breakfast on Monday mornings at 10, it's so hard to hop in those drafts because everyone is just clicking to get in. It's easy to get in with like <laughs> hoping them because she's still starting up right now. So I love being able to get in with some of these content creators that I know I can actually get in and draft with. I think I've only drafted with you about three times and all the it's, it's just I'm always stuck in another draft. So I watch the stream <laughs> while drafting something else. I'm like, damn it. So hard to get in <laughs> well, there.
1: That that's what's the, the new term is uh, you know, there was the overflow drafts and now people call them the underflow because they're trying to get in uh, ahead of time. And, oh Jesus.
0: Uh, That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So the thing is, is it's not even that, I don't think it should be flattering because it's not that people want to draft for me. They just want their team on screen. They just right. want to be out there. So it's just like <laughs> review
0: okay. my squad. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> what do you think well, about like, Mike? Isecki? Even when I do um, like we do streams like last night, you know, for me, I like, I love drafting, but we're talking with Leone, who just did a ton of research. And it's like, I just want to talk to him about all this stuff and, and dig it. Everyone's just like draft, 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 draft. And I'm like, do you actually want us to draft? Or do you just want to see your name up on the screen while we draft? Because let's listen to what Leone has to say about all this interesting research.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. It, it is funny to, to know. Cause we have people who follow us that will only see him when we know we're going to be live drafting. And I'm like, huh? Well, I mean, you know, you just want to yeah. see it up on screen and be like, "Hey, can you yeah. like look at my team? Like, how do you guys think I did?" And I'm like, "I don't mind doing that, but it is funny. I'm yeah. sure for somebody who has thousands of followers, you know, that's such a uh, such an easy thing for them to do is hop on there and be like, "Hey, man, I'm in the draft with you. Do you see my team? Do you, I'm two behind you. Do you see me?"
1: <laughs> well, last year I had even gotten like a little precious. One when, when I started doing the best ball after dark streams, it was because I was like. I just want to do a normal draft in a normal room where everyone isn't taking all the players that I like and vacuuming up all my wide receivers. I'm far less precious about it now. It's like, it is what it is. I should be able to navigate a room that is uh, very wide receiver heavy, and still draft a good team. So I kind of embrace the challenge now. And no, I'm all jokes aside. I am very appreciative that people are excited to watch the streams and and hop in the drafts and stuff. So yes, no, I, I appreciate everyone, even if I sometimes get mad and call them chat rats.
2: <laughs> I, I saw the guy the other day. I, I forget who who it was, but uh, he sniped you on the Zay Jones. You got <laughs> yeah. like you were full on tilt, man. That <laughs> that was well, it's just st- like. You get sniped sense, on like a yeah. really
1: good player, and you're like, "Okay, yeah, you also want Stefan Diggs? That makes sense." But when you snipe me on Zay fucking Jones, I'm like, "That's just a bridge too far." <laughs>
2: uh, it was it was uh, comically funny to just watch you just full tilt, and I, I felt so bad for you, but it was so funny. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so so explain to me um, the pour uh, on <laughs> <laughs> on Best Ball Breakfast. What's up with the coffee pour? I mean, I understand the bit, but how did how did it start? that's another one
1: where it's like, there was nothing like, I never was like, Oh man, I want to do this bit where I pour a coffee. I think it was, I literally was doing the streams in the morning and I drink, you know, a few cups of coffee every morning. And so I think I literally was just like, I used to like try to do it off camera. It's just like, Hey, I don't want to interrupt the stream. And then I think (laughs) one time someone like, I don't even know. Maybe someone even knows the origins better than I do. Um, but I think one time, like I kind of poured it as like, oh, you want, yeah, you want to see what I'm doing? Here you go. And then people were like, ooh, the, the coffee, the ASMR. And so then I just kind of like leaned into it. <laughs> and now it's somehow become the like ceremonial beginning to the streams is me pouring my coffee. And then of course, like I still spill sometimes, which is very embarrassing, um, you know, as a 35 year old. So um, yeah, I really don't know what, why it's become a bit and it's almost frustrating because now that I have a kid. I'm getting up earlier, and so yep. I'm drinking a lot of my coffee early. By Often by 10 a.m. Eastern, I've already had 5 to 6. I'm like, fuck, I have to go make a pot of coffee because <laughs> people expect me to pour it on stream.
2: <laughs> yeah, as a as a guy who has a four-year-old son and another one on the way, I I understand the amount of coffee you have to consume to deal with them on a daily basis. And it's only going to get worse, man. A- as April starts to move and run around, it just gets worse. You're like, all right, like right now you can do something and she just sits there and hangs out, yeah. right? As soon as they start moving, you're like on the go drafting. You're like looking at your phone like, all right, they're not dead. All right, I can draft. And it's It's so hard to do. It is extremely difficult, but it's fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know you're right. And yeah, like my nephew's about to turn two and like I've I've started to witness it. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. And I, I will say, I mean, I'm genuinely enjoying this stage, but I'm enjoying it now even more the way I hear other parents like yourself describe yep. what's coming to me as a toddler because <laughs> like I do just love holding this little baby and you kind of have to do what I want you to do right now. And that's not always going to be the case.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It gets, it gets much more difficult. Uh, Justin also has one on the way too. So I talked to him a lot about it. I'm like, I don't want to scare you, but it's, it's like hell on wheels, man. Like they just take off and go. They have, it's like zero respect for you, but it's so fun. Like you wouldn't give it up for anything in the world. It it is a, it's a really cool thing to be a dad.
1: Yeah. I, I am, I'm legitimately loving it. You know, the only thing I wish I had more hours in the day, I, I feel like that's probably everyone to get to do everything I would like to do. Um, but it's it's a total blast. It's it's uh highly recommend if you were on the fence about having one of your own, go uh have a child. Uh promo code Pete will get you promo like ten percent <laughs> off of, of your diapers.
0: I have my uh my firstborn uh due July fourth. Tom Wow, Cooper.
1: congratulations.
0: Yeah. It's going to be exciting. A uh, little bit of a bone to pick here though, Pete, as you guys Uh-oh. are going on your, on your fatherly rants there, Chubba Hubbard and Michael Carter double snipe. Is that super necessary?
1: Wait, what, what, who did you, who did you have? Who, how was I sniping?
0: Well, yeah. th- no. Those are just uh, those are popular, popular picks of mine in the back end of drafts. Michael Carter uh, and Chubba Hubbard are in my top five for most exposed RBs. So, because we are both reading the same Bible here, can you, you know, preach a little bit about Michael Carter and Chuba Hubbard a little bit? If uh, mm-hmm. my fans haven't heard it enough.
1: Yeah, Michael Carter was one I was like, oh, he's still here. I I feel like I normally don't get a share of Michael Carter in this range. He had slipped, so I clicked that. But Chuba is definitely like one of my targets late round. I just seem to gobble him up. I feel like the pendulum just swung far too much after the Sanders signing. And Mm -hmm. we saw Hubbard perform really well, even with Deontay Foreman hogging a lot of touches last year. So you're telling me I'm going to get a committee back who's already proven to be good who's going to have standalone value and then we know has kind of lead back upside if something were to happen to Sanders. And so I'm like, I don't see any downside at this current price here.
0: It's it's a ridiculous rate in my opinion. Yeah. I have them probably about 16 spots up the ADP.
1: Can I also just say your drafters, one thing in the best ball breakfast is people really make a meal of it. You know, they'll be sitting on the clock. I feel like the SGPN drafters are on top of their shit. Everyone's making picks quickly. Every time I look up, I'm on the clock again.
2: This draft has went by a lot quicker than most. Um, I don't know if people just like are excited and just clicking buttons or what, but it it normally does take a little longer. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've noticed that as well. I mean, on the best ball breakfast, like it'll take forever. I'm at work. Trying to do work while also watching and drafting. And I'm like, damn, like these guys are taking forever.
1: <laughs> I know. It uh, It does sometimes t- happen. And, uh, you know, I, I like to have my cake and eat it too. I want to be able to vamp when I'm on the clock and, and talk and whatever. But then when I'm not, I want everyone else to just speed
0: it <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, man. Coming up on our last picks here. I like this draft, feeling good about it.
1: I know I, I this is the first Superflex draft I've actually felt good about, and it's because I had a, a top three pick. I'm like, oh, yeah, this team kind of looks nice.
2: Yeah, and, and you mentioned it, too, like on your drafts. Like, you know everyone's taken. There's going to be a wide receiver avalanche, like in every single draft. Here, you didn't have the case. I mean, you guys even mentioned at the top we were having a lot of running backs going. So it's like a completely different room than you normally draft in.
1: It is, yeah, very, very different and just different draft slot. And it is, I do think with Superflex, it would be better to have some kind of third round reversal because I do really feel like the advantage. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was even just looking at some basic, you know, those top three quarterbacks last year relative to the QB eight, QB nine, they scored a hundred plus more raw points than those guys did. So to think the deficit you're starting in, when you pick at the back half of the round one, it's so massive that you almost need a way to mitigate that. Um, Otherwise it's, it's a really tough hill to climb.
2: Yep. Oh man. All right. Let's see. Do, 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 do. So how was it out at the underdog Super Bowl house? It, it looked pretty uh it looked pretty dope. I mean the the backyard was awesome with that like <laughs> lazy river and shit around there. How was it? It was
1: fun, yeah. I've I've done it. It
2: was I've done a few with Underdog. Last year we were out in L.A.
1: and everyone always assumes like, oh, you're going to the Super Bowl. I'm like, well, I'm not going to the Super Bowl. Just going out to a house by the Super Bowl. But um, we have a ton of fun, and you know, we do a bunch of podcasts. And uh, you know, this year it was even much bigger uh, than our setup last year in L.A. We went to the Waste Management Open because uh, that oh, was yeah. you know happening nice. concurrently in Phoenix. So yeah, it was uh, it was a blast. I always love uh, syncing up with those guys, and it now almost feels like summer camp, you know, it's like, oh, I get to go see my underdog friends once a year. And it was my first trip I had done uh, post kid as well. So that was both like a little nerve wracking and also kind of a nice uh, change of pace there. They were very nice and gave me a nice room. And they're like, yeah, go, go get your sleep. We know you haven't been getting much sleep. So yeah, it was a great time.
2: Tell me that you didn't also think you guys were going to be drafting the inaugural draft. It, I, You guys talked about the draft, but I, I, it sounded like you were supposed to be drafting in it. So we were all sitting there watching, you know, me and a couple of best ball friends. And we we're like, aren't they supposed to be drafting in this? And you're like kind of sitting on the couch, like talking about the draft. So were you not supposed to draft in that? You know what? I, I, I know what you're talking about, and I was confused about that, too. Uh, honestly, I was probably
1: like eight Modellos deep and just like going with the flow. Uh, but I that was my understanding, too, that we're going to do the inaugural draft. And uh, it didn't happen. Um, I think it was also, too, when you're trying to get a bunch of people in the same draft, it's a yeah. little hard. So doing the private draft just makes it a little bit more manageable. So I think yeah. that was the logic there. Um,
2: but, yes, uh, I, I, I thought that was the plan as well. That's so funny. <clears throat> uh, well, uh andrew
0: you want to start doing some uh some team reviews here
2: uh yeah sure let's uh let's pop open uh you uh, actually you know i'll just pop it off of my phone quick
0: yeah we can hit up uh Gindy and dk and bffl
2: yeah uh let me see here so Gindy uh pulls up here real quick he uh, went Kirk Cousins, Kenny Pickett, Jacoby Brissett for quarterbacks. Running backs, mm. uh, Derrick Henry, James Conner, Jamal Williams, Kenny Gainwell, Jeff Wilson, Cordero Patterson, wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman, George Pickens, K.J. Osborne, Isaiah Hodgins, tight ends, Tyler Conklin, Jelani Woods, Darnell Washington. does appear that he did was able to stack um, – with all his quarterbacks, uh, Cousins has Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Pickett. He has Deontay Johnson. He has Scary Terry with Jacoby Brissett. So yeah, he does have some stacking in there. Not as much stacking as I would have liked, but I do like a majority of his players. I would give him a, I give him a seven and a half here. I like a little bit more stacking, uh, but outside of that, mm-hmm. I I'd give him about a seven and a half.
0: Yeah, I'm just going seven on the the Pickett <laughs> and Brissett. And that's 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 what i got there i like, yeah, I I like mean, the cousins jefferson stack i'm a i'm an advocate of it i'm going jj first but i don't like how you backed it up and that is kind of the penalty of going you know no qb in the first round yeah so we Any got 7.5 we got seven what do you think pete
1: yeah i'm looking at this team i like the value on Devonte adams even the value on derrick henry i do think I mean, look, I I'm down to push quarterback. I trust me, I am. But I do think you have to attack it hard with volume. Um, I don't know if Jacoby Brissett as a QB three is enough. I'd like to see even a fourth kind of quarterback tacked on there. I think, but I do like how they leaned into the stacking. I think going out and getting Osborne in addition, um, pick it with Johnson, and you know that was another big takeaway from the Leone article of the real benefit of three quarterbacks isn't like, oh, shuffling around this quarterback to help fill these spots. It's that it gives Mm -hmm. you access to another potential unique stack in the playoff weeks. So where, you know, say this drafter, say Kirk Cousins to Justin Jefferson's the absolute nuts this year. And everyone shows up in the playoffs with that same stack. Well, all of a sudden it's that stack fails in the same way Justin Jefferson failed in week 17 this past year. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's Kenny Pickett and Deontay Johnson picking up the slack. And then you show up in week 17 and maybe it's Jacoby Brissett to Terry McLaurin picking up the slack. So I do really think if you're going to get that third, fourth quarterback, um, making sure it's stacked is how you actually realize the full benefits of that.
0: Yeah. Good feedback. completely agree. What do you think about uh, BFFL or go through him, Andrew?
2: Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, BFFL here. Let's pull it up. Uh, so he went quarterbacks, Jordan Love, Desmond Ritter, Brock Purdy, Ryan Tannehill. It's an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it It can work, but that's uh, that's going to be a tough one to overcome. Uh, running backs, uh B. John Robinson, Brees Hall, uh, <laughs> I Yeah, that's such a difficult name. Uh, Kendra Miller, James Robinson, Dearnest Johnson, Ty Chandler, uh, Jamar Chase, Christian Watson, Traylon Burks, Elijah Moore, Romeo Dubs, John Mechie, Cedric Tillman, and tight ends Travis Kelsey, Juwan Johnson. Uh, his quarterbacks are, are interesting. I mean, th- there's definitely some hit rate there that, that could work, but I, I mean, there's a lot of fail rate there too, but I mean, mm-hmm. go for the gold, right? So it that one's interesting. Uh, he did, he was able to stack, uh, he has both Christian Watson and Romeo dubs to go along with Jordan love. Uh, Travis Kelsey was an absolute great value for him Four picks behind ADP. I definitely would have took him a few left in there for me one pick later. Uh, and he got Bijan eight picks later as well. So Overall, the the ADP value that he got on this team is is very good. Was able to stack a little bit. Um, Yeah, man. It's the quarterbacks that that suck it down for me a little bit. I'll give him a 7.
0: I'm going 6.5. It's the back-end RBs for me. Like... You know, if you want to dabble with one or two of these guys, cool, but James Robinson, Dearness Johnson, Ty Chandler, I actually like Dearness Johnson the most of anyone in that group. (laughs) Of course, Apiconda and Miller could be nice lottery tickets with good landing spots. I think that we trust Bijan and Brees will bring home reliable production. Um, But as you guys have noted uh, from my previous show, Christian Watson, he is an ADP villain for me. He is someone that I'm taking much farther beyond his uh, ADP and his position ranking, so I'm not overly obsessed with the receivers as well feel like Traylon burks could be good but i'm just not loving in at his adp he took him right at his adp uh pick 104 at adp 105 love kelsey uh again just not backed up so i'm gonna go with 6.5 here
1: pete i this overall structure i actually like um like if you're not chasing the um the high end quarterbacks with kind of watered down quarterbacks getting like Bijan and Brees are guys I like a lot. I like that. He prioritized some stacking. Um, I like that he attacked the quarterback position with volume. I guess what I would say is as someone who's drafted in the back end of the round, um, you know, when you can get like a Diggs um, or an AJ Brown, I do wonder if you just take the Herbert pick there because I do think Herbert is in that kind of top tier there Mm -hmm. and then just knowing the difference and then you know i've struggled with kelsey we were drafted on splash play the other day and spags took him kelsey's obviously awesome but i do just think structurally when you know how far behind you're going to be at other positions and knowing it's pretty easy to get to three tight ends um in this format with the 20 rounds this and the big board i've been gravitating away from it so if i'm doing a non-quarterback pick in my first few rounds i really am avoiding an elite tight end pick there as well because then i think it just puts me behind the eight ball at multiple positions but in general like if you told me someone started with chase kelsey i feel like this is a pretty good recovery
2: yeah no i i I completely agree like i said i would have took kelsey if he would have fell one more spot to me uh let's move on to the last one here uh dkm dilly dilly uh he went justin herbert deshaun watson tyler huntley i like that a lot uh, running backs, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Rashad Penny, A.J. Dillon, Elijah Mitchell, Tank Bigsby, Gus Edwards, wide receivers, Amari Cooper, Jamison Williams, Chris Godwin, Gabe Davis, Alan Lazard, Josh Palmer, Russell Gage, and then tight ends, George Kittle, Gerald Everett, Isaiah Likely. Uh, he was definitely able to stack. Uh, I do like those stacks. Uh, I, I probably would have taken another wide receiver instead of another running back here. I would have cut it off after Tank Bigsby, personally. Um, I don't think Gus Edwards really does anything for the team unless J.K. Dobbins goes down again. But, I, I mean, I don't think he's a he's a league winner by any means. Uh, but overall, I mean, very good structure. I give him an eight.
0: This is the uh, Lamar Jackson leaves town team. He's got the Tyler Huntley stack backed up with the Gus Edwards I was looking for another Baltimore player. Oh yeah, Isaiah Likely as well. Yeah. So he's he's got the uh, the abandoned Lamar strategy. Uh, I like this team more than I like the last team just because of the quarterback quality and the stacking. So I'm going to go with a seven back up to like Gindy territory. Jamison Williams definitely going to be uh, you know what I refer to as like a wild card at his at his ADP. He went at pick 81, ADP 78, not bad, pretty fair price there. But as the second receiver. Mm-hmm. Might be a little bit more risky, but overall, I like it, like I said, more than I like the last team. So I'll go with the seven. Yep.
1: Yeah, I, I really like this team. I think they really, uh, you know, they made a lot of selections like player selections that I don't personally love, but the way they allocated capital to the positions, like if you're going to use your first two picks on these quarterbacks, like I don't like taking Deshaun Watson there. I I don't think Mm -hmm. he's worth that price, but if you're going to do it, you are making a bet that he is returning to form and he's delivering there and you are punting your next quarterback selection until deep. So maybe even punted it a little more than I'd be willing to, but Because you're behind the eight ball at wide receiver there, like you need to start using those mid-round picks on wide receivers. I mean, Godwin in the eighth is incredible value. I love Gabe Davis in the 10th. I wish he would have fallen to me as the Allen team. Even Lazard and Palmer are pretty good value picks. So I feel like um, this drafter really understood, hey, this is where I've spent and this is how I'm going to do it. I do agree with you. The one maybe structural misstep and I forget if you guys said it. I don't think you need three tight ends with this build. Like once you use Kittle, I think Kittle and Everett or Kittle and likely is plenty. I kind of had a similar decision, you know, Walker and Chig. Um, if I had a stack, like if Trey McBride would have followed to me, I maybe would have done it. And I, I understand that they were getting kind of like the likely Huntley stack, but that seems like a little thin to me. But again, for the most part, I thought this draft kind of understood structure pretty well.
0: I liked a lot. All right, and then we have uh we have our teams. Andrew, you want to go ahead and go through yours?
2: Uh, yeah, I'll just roll through it real quick. We don't have to grade it unless Pete wants to uh, roast my team here because uh, I was just so enthralled with talking to Pete that it went off the rails a little bit here. Uh, well, quarterbacks, good. Lamar Jackson, Tua, and Sam Howe. Running backs, Aaron Jones, Samaje Pirine, uh, Alex Madison, Antonio Gibson, Zach Evans, Jerome Ford, and Chase Brown. Wide receivers, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins, Jahan Dotson, Jalen Hyatt, Alec Pierce, and Curtis Samuel, tight ends. Dallas Goddard and Michael Meyer. As someone
0: who drafts with you a lot, I'm glad that you're starting to pick up on rookie key, or running backs, excuse me. So I'm 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 happy about that. You're, uh, yeah, is, I, I, I was kind of pushing
2: them off at first, but yeah. yeah, I'm I'm falling more and more in love with a few of them.
0: Yeah, I give you a seven point five, but I'm you know I'm impartially. I got your picture on my wall here, so <laughs> <Yes>. you know. <laughs>
2: I uh,
1: I like this draft. I think um I might have tried to uh, yeah, Hopkins is a guy that I I'm just a little out on, but I do love this structure. Um, the fact that you can like backdoor howl stack so easily in this with, uh, with Dotson and Samuel is pretty nice. Um, I think Goddard's price is really nice and superflex right now. Like the fact that he's going this far, like in the big board, he was going significantly higher than Waller and here, you know, I took Mm -hmm. Waller four picks later. And so like, you're getting the much better into the deal there with Goddard at pick 90. Um, yeah, I think you rounded out your zero RB room. Um, well I'm with you guys on P Ryan. I took Javante Williams in this draft. I've been taking Mm -hmm. both of those guys. Um, it's like, I'm just going to shrug my shoulders and say, whichever one of those guys is like starting. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel really good about their three down upside in this offense. And so I, I heard you guys mentioning P Ryan earlier. I love both Williams and P Ryan at these prices.
0: Yeah, I love the ADP for both of those guys. Similar combos that we've both done are Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson. Of course, that's a great late round double stack. And then uh, Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara. Uh, now that Williams is with uh, the saints, we've been loving that. Yep. All right. My team really quick. I've got Joe Burrow, Daniel Jones, Andy Dalton, at quarterback. That's uh p- rounds one and two, and then round 20 for QB followed up with Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Devin Singletary, Leonard Fournette, they're called discount running backs. Uh, T. Higgins, Debo Samuel, Mike Williams, Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Cooks, Tyler Boyd, DJ Chark, Paris Campbell, and Darius Slayton, with three tight ends in Kyle Pitts, Dalton Schultz, and Mike Gasecki.
2: Yeah, not not bad. Uh, obviously, I draft with you a lot, so I kind of know where your tendencies lie. Uh, I do like the, the stacks that you have here. I probably would have not taking a third tight end here and took another uh RB because the the Mixon and Kamara stuff scares me a little bit. Both of them could be suspended, not play at all. Um, you know, that's yet to be seen. Uh but I, I actually think Devin Singletary is a good pick. Um his explosive rating last year was like off the charts. And for a guy that's going 176 overall, uh it's a very good pick and, and I like the scheme that uh you know D'Amico Ryans is bringing there as well so I I do like your team you have some players that are also team stacked that you don't have like you have the San Francisco guys but you don't have a San Francisco quarterback so I do like the team stacking friendship strategy uh you know if you will so overall man I I give you a seven and a half eight it's good
1: yeah I like the um I like the stacking here you definitely take some players that I'm not is in on I've I've done a 180 on Mixon I was mm-hmm. I was on him up until like a week ago, kind of thinking was a value. And then that new information about the case, I'm like, I don't know. And then same with Kamara there. So those, those can be landmines. But again, I'm never going to push back too hard on like high-risk, high-reward picks in these super top-heavy contests. Mm. I probably wouldn't have tacked on Gesicki with Schultz and Pitts. I kind of felt like that was maybe a, a solid – like if you had Mac Jones and you were getting that stack, I think definitely. Um, so that would be my only quibble. And yeah, you're a little weak at QB3. Um, I think being maybe more in that Tannehill, Sam Howell, Will Levis, Mac Jones mm-hmm. tier for your QB three would make me feel a little bit better. But uh, I like this team.
0: Yeah. Taking the shot on Dalton, you know, you gotta you gotta pray that uh they land mine on their draft pick. I'm I'm hoping it's gonna be CJ Stroud, but if for some reason they get Bryce Young in there, obviously Dalton, you know, he's signed. He's got a contract, he's the guy on the roster right now. So I'm taking a dart on it. And yeah, there is definitely some prison time packaged into my ADP value. <laughs> so, <you laughs> yeah. Know. yeah. Pick 29 for Saquon Barkley. Uh, I didn't take another running back until, you know, 101, yeah. 125, 164. You know, those are the prison guys. You know, like, you just yeah. got to go after him af- at some point.
1: New yep. new show idea, Heroes and Prisoners. Uh, yes. and you, yes. you drafted yes. all the prisoners. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. I love it.
0: I love it. That's good. One. All right. Well, that is the show. Pete, we really appreciate you coming on. Wait, no uh, no by the way.
1: Gra- no one's going to grade my team? Yeah, yeah I was going to say.
0: you're uh, like <laughs> So I was just about to do that because Pete – had the highest scoring, the highest projected team. Oh. That's yeah, that's that's what I was gonna uh, see normally I say into. don't
1: pay any attention to those, but tonight uh their the <laughs> algorithm is very correct on that.
0: There you yeah. go. It, uh do you want to go over your team, Pete? Yeah, so go go through Pete's team. I was gonna thank him for coming on and then say congratulations, you had the top projected team. So <laughs> go you can go ahead or Andrew can roll through it. I don't care.
2: I'm not going to uh, relate yeah. my own team. Uh, yeah, so here. I'll, I'll go through it. And then if you want to uh, talk us through your process at all, you know, you can sure. feel free. Uh, so obviously you went Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Trey Lance, running backs, Austin Eckler, Ramondre Stevenson, Javante Williams, Roshan Johnson, Jalen Warren, Michael Carter, Chuba Hubbard, wide receivers, Stefan Diggs, Trake London, Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, Sky Moore, Rondale Moore, Khalil Shakir, Deontay Hardy and tight ends Darren Waller and Chig Akonquo. So I like this team a lot. Uh, I'm now the, with the caveat of I'm not a Murray or a Lance guy, uh, so I don't like your QB two and three, but I do see the upside. You know, in their cases, and and you know, you can talk yourself into the scenario that both them play uh, play well, and you know, Murray doesn't miss too much of of the season. Uh, your running backs are great. I mean, your first. First two running backs are are all you really need on this team. I'm a big Eckler and Ramondre Stevenson fan, so I love both of them. Javante Williams, man, if he comes back and is you know any semblance of himself and at least plays half the year, you know that's a great pick there as well. At pick 118, uh, wide receivers, great room of wide receivers. I like a lot of these guys as well. You stacked a pretty decent amount of your players actually, um, and I love your tight ends. Darren Waller could be the number one target on the giants and chig again i mean i think he's gonna take a big leap forward so i like your team a lot uh let's go eight and a half
1: yeah i think some of i'm trying to think of some of the weird but you know i i obviously didn't get any stacking with the niners i don't think that's a big deal in the same way you know you didn't stack um lamar like you don't have to go out of your way if it doesn't fall right um Yeah, I think the Chig pick was a little weird for me. I was just like talking and uh, (laughs) kind of not paying full attention. I was like, well, Chig is here, so I'll select him. So um, like I had said, I think my case against Mm -hmm. him is I kind of like other tight ends around him or later. So maybe I'd go in a different direction there. Um, And But yeah, I mean, I think my running back room is solid. And I will say on the quarterback front, you know, because I've taken so many late round quarterbacks, I am normally taking a guy like Mac Jones, a Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy where I feel like I'm going to get production. When I have Josh Allen, who I'm going to work under the assumption is going to be in my starting lineup, you know, most weeks, I feel like I have kind of a safety net to just really shoot for the moon with these other quarterbacks. And basically, in this build, if either Kyler Murray or Trey Lance is like a top eight quarterback, like I'm just doing windmills, with Josh Allen there. So um, I don't mind kind of like the high upside spray and pray. But yeah, there's there's a lot of risk between Murray and Lance for sure.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love the stacking as well. Uh, Buffalo receivers backed up with really great value in Khalil Shakir and Deontay Hardy to close down that group for you. And then that middle group of Rondell Moore and Marquise Brown, you know, if Kyler comes back and is booming and buzzing, that's going to be an absolute home run Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, now we will close out. Thank you, (laughs) Pete, for coming on and joining us. Uh, It's been an absolute pleasure.
2: Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Anybody that may not follow you now? um, Obviously, you're, again, uh, like we said before, involved in like a billion things. So why don't you tell people (laughs) where they can mainly find you?
1: Yeah. I'd say the best places, you know, my Twitter uh, at Peter over I tweet out um, most of my stuff there. So that's a good spot. Obviously my, my YouTube channel highly recommend subscribing to the fantasy life newsletter. That's a free newsletter five days a week in your inbox. We're going to have lots of good draft coverage coming up as well and all kinds of good stuff over there. And then yeah, the Deposit Kingdom Discord is also a great place to be. Lots of best ball talk in there, all kinds of sports, um, talking strategy there. We got the Badge Bros, who I'm sure you guys are familiar with. <laughs> They're yep. talking about all <laughs> the daily strategy in there. So, yeah, those would be the big ones, Twitter, YouTube, Discord, newsletters. That, that gets you covered.
2: Awesome.
0: Yeah, great stuff, man. Again, really appreciate you coming on. A- anything else to share, Andrew, before we head out?
2: Uh, no, I'll be dropping the, uh, ADP villains, uh, uh, article tomorrow as well. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, it'll help you navigate some of the guys that we believe are going just a little too high in ADP that you may want to steer away from currently. So, uh, that should drop tomorrow morning. Correct. Justin. Yep. Yes, sir. Okay. Good deal.
0: Yep. Good stuff. Thanks for watching. Thanks. Thank you for following. Take care. Be well, be good. If you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see. See ya.